Clayman Media. You're listening to the We Bear Witness Podcast, where we discuss theological truths and cultural influences. Our podcasts are available via Google, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, and many other podcast platforms. We hope you subscribe and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to the We Bear Witness Podcast. We are glad to be back with you. 2024 is the first episode of this season. I'm here with uh, Dylan, who's hailing from Texas. Uh, he's, uh, he's here and we don't have a special guest. It's just the two of us today. Yeah. It's been a while since it's just been the two of us. We've gone in here and here's a fun fact for you. Um, Monday morning, it's supposed to be like 28 degrees outside and possible sleet and snow here. You know, I didn't um, even want to be I didn't, in, the, in the teens. So. I know I didn't want to begin with the weather, but then I thought I do kind of want to ask him about the weather because in my current setup, it's like 48 degrees outside and I have on a hoodie inside my house and yeah. I have a heater underneath my desk like that's how <laughs> well, florida it is over here Just, yeah right how... now it it's in the 50s 60s right now right, here but bad. yeah it's that's about pretty to, good. to turn cold but. we have a very florida day plan with my kids tomorrow like take uh I, someone mentioned bucky's throughout the week so we're gonna get up early and drive mm-hmm. the 50 minutes to the closest bucky's so that we can have a beast burrito and let yeah. them go get them let them go look at cups and stuffed animals nice. that they can't buy well, we have that plan tomorrow, and hopefully the weather's better for that. But we, hey, uh, did you see the the news report where that I think it was a couple they pulled their camper into a Bucky's and they spent twenty four hours in Bucky's and it's, it's like a vlogger or something like that, and they vlogged their time. So they ate all three meals at Bucky's breakfast, lunch, <laughs> and that dinner. That sounds awesome, actually. Yeah, and the shops and everything. They camped out in the parking lot. And it was yeah, like, so the, I, so the yeah. lunch and dinner's not different. It's like the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's breakfast just, but, they start at like four a.m. But you can get like Mexi. Mm-hmm. for the lunch part and then you can do it real nice up at dinner with a brisket and the pork yeah and dude stuff. when we were flying back from from uh florida we got in super late and so we were driving all the way back to here in east texas it's like a two-hour drive from the airport mm-hmm. and <laughs> we go right past the buggies every time that's great so mary claire was sleeping and we pulled off and we're pumping gas and i i looked at emily and i was like i am starving and I was like, do you want something from there? And she was like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's delicious. So she's expecting right now. And it's like, yeah, I think I could go. That's right. That. Oh, yeah. So we I don't split, know. Yeah, we we split a, a brisket burger or a brisket sandwich there. Yeah. That and the coffee. And we were good to go for the another two hours or yeah. an hour and 45 minutes. Home, oh, that's, so. that's, it's the best. I absolutely love it. It's gotten to the point yeah. where like no one else in the car wants to eat Bucky's, But I... Mm-hmm. We'll stop and Amy Joe will be very gracious and get something. But their beast burrito is what I'm thinking about tomorrow mm-hmm. before, you know, I do my uh, January uh, anytime fitness, get back in shape. Uh, the goal is to come on this podcast in a few weeks. That's all it should take and look like mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Gosling or something out of the nice. Barbie movie. So that's, it should only take about three weeks. Yeah. Emily and I started that this week, you know, going back to yeah. more healthier diet. Did. I'm glad you did because you were looking really bad there for a while. Like it was, I was. Did you increase to three percent body fat accidentally? Something like that. Yeah, that's all. These guys here are running laps around me, and I got to keep up. So, well, you're kind of the old. Yeah, you kind of are the old guy now. I'm the old guy here. Yeah. Well, now you know I've been feeling for decades. Um, But yeah, man, that's exciting about the new baby coming, the new baby baby boy on the way, Mm -hmm. and little Miss Mary Claire over there. We'll be praying for your family, brother. But I'm glad uh, it's just you and me, man. We got a few th- yeah. cool things to talk about here. Uh, so if you saw any of the tags for the episode today, we're looking at the question. It's not really even a question as much as a statement. And it's kind of lent as a question at the beginning and end of worship services. 
Um, and it's just taken on all kinds of different definitions in today's generation, probably going all the way back to millennial and then Gen Z and then these future guys. Um, but the, the phrase come as you are now, have you heard the, uh, the sovereign grace Christmas song that's, um, Oh, come all ye unfaithful. So they, it's a take on, Oh, you were telling me about faithful, that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. they turned it into a worship song where it's not just, it's not just centered around Christmas, but it's like, Oh, come all ye unfaithful come. And it's a call to the unfaithful in kind of a just as I am come as mm-hmm. you are phrase. And so right off the bat, we don't have issue with that phrase, do we? Like right. come as come as you are is exactly let me for the record, come as you are is exactly how you are supposed to come uh to Jesus Christ. So there, yeah. there is Jesus said, Come unto wrong. me, all you who are right. weary and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. And so mm-hmm. so good theology alert. Good theology alert is you don't come holy, you don't come perfect, you don't even come fixing yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the core tenet of the gospel is that Jesus does the fixing. The Holy Spirit meeting you does the fixing. Mm-hmm. And so while the concept of come as you are um, is biblical, uh, we have to remember that phrase is not found in Scripture. And there's, it's, it's for what I believe a good reason that it's not found in Scripture because of what we tend to make out of this. So right. before we do a deep dive into what the Bible says about the phrase come as you are and why we need to be hesitant to use it in any way, shape, or form. I won't say use it, but why we really need to realize that there's implications to just saying come as you are, and we'll get to that in a second. The world runs a different way with it. So everyone knows who uh, Katy Perry is. Katy Perry is one of Dylan's uh, favorite musical artists. When he is on a long run, he has yep. roar on repeat in his, uh, his earbuds over and over and over again. And I really do think that that is, speaks a lot to his security. Yeah, man. my music. Yeah. And, you know, I, I <laughs> such a fan that I had to ask Adam who she was before we started the podcast. <laughs> it was a very, I, I, I'm, I'm joking thing that you I'm, did. I'm very, You're I'm like, very joking. I know who Katy Perry is. You're just like, so. hey, who is this Katy Perry? Yeah. Ma, Ma didn't let us listen to the top 40. Um, if she didn't sing bluegrass, we weren't interested. So Katy Perry, uh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Katy Perry, <laughs> shut your pile. Shut your pile. Uh, Katy Perry is very popular. She's, she's done a lot of, uh, stints on American Idol, uh, recently as a judge. But before that, mm-hmm. I mean, Teenage Dream, huge album, California Girls, all of that. She's, she's been a huge pop star. One of like the most followed people on Twitter for the sake of influence because the yep. podcast yep. isn't about Katy Perry. But I do want to share a minute long clip and the minute long. And you'll clip notice from- he didn't. He didn't say anything about Taylor Swift. He's just talking about Katy no, Perry. So he, he's Taylor not going to touch alone. the Taylor. I don't want the bed. podcast immediately canceled. Like <laughs> Joe Coy at the Golden Globes right? where that dude made one joke. And it wasn't even at her. It was at the NFL. Right. And he almost got canceled on the spot. You just don't touch Taylor, bro. I I, yeah. I said, hey, guys, maybe maybe not make her a role model for your daughters. Like that's all I said once. Bro. <laughs> you about got crucified. <laughs> the elders are calling me and going, hey, Adam, I mean, we do need to stay afloat as a church like you can't go that hard in the paint we need people in the pews no this isn't even about katie perry it's actually you'll find some sympathetic Mm -hmm. reaction to what she said because there is such a thing as church hurt but we'll Mm -hmm. dive into a little bit of the review and then get into what the bible says about this come as you are statement that she uses this is from um, a youtube uh, channel Brittany dawn and she talks about katie perry talking about the church for those of you don't know katie perry was born and raised in the church she found her stardom from being discovered in the church. It's a very common story mm-hmm. among pop stars who do not stay uh, Christ-centered, Bible-believing 
Christians. Mm-hmm. And so let's see what Brittany Don has to say about that. We'll play the clip. Katy Perry opens up about church hurt, and honestly, watching this broke my heart. The church does more judging than loving. That's why it doesn't feel safe for me sometimes. Less judgment, more compassion. Or come as you are. I do believe in something much bigger than me. And I call that God for me. And I've been given this gift. I know that, like, God has his hand on me. And I know that sometimes I go through things and I think they're just too intense. I can't handle them. And then he swoops in and he shows me that it's his grace that brings me through it. As someone who has also walked through church hurt, I felt this so deeply. Jesus didn't say, get it all together and then come to me. Jesus didn't say you have to look a certain way, fit a certain mold, or have a certain persona. Jesus came so that everyone, including the people that churches might deem as outcasts, could come to know him and have eternal life. Church is meant to be a hospital for the hurting and the broken, not a harbor for the saints. Okay, so right away you see that there's there's some consolation of Brittany Don's end that she narrates sort of the clip. Katy Perry's crying in the clip. She's affected by this. Here, here are some key words that are used. She felt very judged by the church. And then she mentioned that she sung the song, Come As You Are. Now, I imagine she's talking about the Crowder song, Come As You Are, uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, Crowder. David Crowder was has been popular for decades, and he just headlined Passion, even recently, the Passion Conference in 2024. And so that come as you are song she's talking about, she goes, I feel like the church is just too judgy. People don't feel like they can be themselves there. And then Brittany Dawn, she says things that we would probably disagree with even less, which Mm -hmm. uh, she goes, she uses a very famous line. The church is not um, a a church is not just for perfect people, but it's supposed to be a harbor. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's not a harbor for the saints. It's a hospital for sinners. You know, that kind of that kind of correlation. And is she right about that? 100% to a degree. Mm -hmm. And that's what struck me. Yeah. That's what struck me about the clip was there was a lot of aspects of what was said in that clip that do line up with the calling of the church. Um, But it was incomplete, I think. And that's what we want to dive into there. Yeah. Like if you have been ostracized by the church because you wore your hair a certain way. Now we are talking before you get to real abuse, real church hurt, real mm-hmm. um, physical, mental, emotional abuse, like actual abuse, we're not talking about that. There is a place to That's wrong. call the authorities, get out of that that mm-hmm. place, find support, uh, you know, uh, get get the guilty out in the open, all of that. We're all for it. But when we when we use church hurt in this sense, I'm, I'm having a sense that judgment or uh, I wasn't allowed to come as I am is part of the reason why we got to be careful with this phrase. And what I mean by that is. Uh, when she, when you ostracize someone from the church because their hairs is different or they have tattoos, like let's just go as old school as you can get. They have tattoos and you find that to be too synonymous with biker gangs and you're just not about it. Uh, get over it. Uh, that's that's my biblical uh, anecdote for you. Like no matter what you it, it is, what it is like is, if there's something appearance and silly. Um, I'm sorry, your your church in the 1950s didn't look like that. People change. It's not. Um, it's not a good estimation of someone's mm-hmm. heart. It, it's it's not valuable. Um, people can get those things for the wrong reason, but that's not something you're going to figure out meeting them for the first time. Um, so so that is something that church needs healing of. But what she's talking about and what a lot of people talk about is when they say come as you are, what they really mean is stay as I am. Mm-hmm. And that is why this uh, YouTube user 
um, Brittany Dawn is also wrong to a degree. The church is absolutely supposed to be a hospital for sinners because we are all sinners. We will never be perfect. We will never be sinless. All for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. No one is righteous. No, not one. We know all of these things to be true, true, but it is also where sinners pursue holiness mm-hmm. and should look more and more like Christ each and every day. And so in other words, you may come as you are, but you do not stay as you are. As you are. Mm-hmm. And that is a big message for the, for the generation of what I would argue oversensitivity, the, the walking in with the mentality that they're going to be judged no matter what they do. They almost come expecting it, which then we start seeing the incentivization of victimhood that plays mm-hmm. a huge part in the culture, that it's, that's, it's appealing to be a victim. It's, it's not a bad thing or seen as a weak thing to be a victim, but to go against the culture means that, no, it's not appealing to be a victim. It's sad to be a real victim, and it's silly to pretend to be one. And so you have all of this conversation between, you know, come as you are. Well, that's great. You should come, because that is the only way you're going to be saved, is to come yeah. as you are, because it's Jesus that does the saving. But when you say come as you are, and then they judge you for who you are, are they judging you for who you are or are you having your sin called out for the first time? Right. And I'm and really the, the story that comes to mind just vividly to me is Acts 2 and uh, yeah. Pentecost there and the preaching of the gospel, the, the people hearing it and their reaction to that is starting in verse 37. It says, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brother, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so the idea is like the response to hearing the preaching of the gospel is conviction of the Spirit mm-hmm. in our hearts and a repentance. And then the response is a repentance, a turning away, um, not a desire not to continue in our sin. And so, yes, come as you are, Christ offers this free gift he wants us to come in our brokenness but he doesn't want us to stay broken he wants us to experience the healing power of uh the sacrifice of his son basically there 100 percent. and so as for the meaning and application of the phrase we can go to the examples like you said you were going through the apostolic age but of how Mm -hmm. jesus himself dealt with the sinners he Mm -hmm. encountered that's where i always go i mean he never told the woman that he protected from the stoning uh, come as you are, stay as you are, go as you are. Nothing was wrong with you. Something was wrong with them. He said, uh, I've saved your life. Go and sin no more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it was, it was no one's throwing stones at you because we're all sinners. And that's the mentality we should have inside the church. We are all sinners because even rebuke, even judgment should come from a place of grace and, and from a place of understanding our own condition outside of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and let's stop acting like judgment isn't going to happen or doesn't need to happen. Um, all, all good things have come from an act of judgment how that mm-hmm. judgment has taken place and whether or not it's for good intentions or holy intentions. That's another story. But when yeah. speaking to the woman at the well, who was living with a man she was not married to in John four, I think it was what the entire, almost the entire first part of John four, one through 26 or something mm-hmm. um, brought before Jesus. He told her, go and sin no more. The sin was never excused or ignored, but forgiveness right. was offered to anyone who recognized uh, his sin and was willing to confess and forsake it. So, so here's God certainly expects us to leave our sin. Mm-hmm. But that comes as part of our salvation. It's not a prerequisite to our to salvation. Saved. And how many yeah. times have you heard someone say, I got to get my life right before I start going to church? Bro, mm-hmm. 
that makes no sense. I mean, first of all, it's like those people who say our life has to be perfect before I get married or our life has to mm -hmm. be perfect before I get married and have kids. That's unattainable. It's never going to happen. It's quite facetious to even think that way. Uh, and second, even when it does happen, it won't stay that way. Something terrible <laughs> is around the corner. Right. Like I know it sounds awful, but some trial or tribulation, which is mm -hmm. a part of Genesis 3 fallen world, is a good reminder that we are not able to clean ourselves up without God's help. So you come to God unfaithful and he makes you faithful. You come mm -hmm. to God unwell and he makes you well. And you don't see perfection until the other side of heaven. So, mm -hmm. so come as you are, the way Katy Perry uses it, and even explaining some of her church hurt, which as you see now, even how she talks about God uh, in that clip, um, he, I'm surprised she even said he, to be honest with you. Um, but when she refers to God and says he uh, is sort of, uh, everyone has their own thing, their own higher power, but mine is God. And I believe she's speaking from a fashioning of her own will, her own ways. And why would she have to change anything about herself? Because who she is, is good. Mm -hmm. So at the very beginning of it all, is just bad, bad theology. And if mm -hmm. it's not called out by the church in a loving, truthful way, you're going to get kind of resurgences of what the emerging church was, the hipster movements, you know, takes taking the grace of God and turning it to, you know, licentiousness, like Jude mm -hmm. 1, 4, by teaching it that it makes no difference how you live. As long as you believe, it makes no mm -hmm. difference how you come and how you stay, as long as you just love God and love others. When mm -hmm. repentance is a massive element in salvific faith, mm -hmm. it, it is not just about belief. In yeah. the same way, it's not just about coming and staying who you are. Belief and repentance, turning mm -hmm. away the recognition of your sin speaks mm -hmm to the evidence of sincerity in, in your belief. And that yeah. is what's missing from that, that phrase yeah. that, that is used so often. Yeah, and it's why our churches are full of, or when I say, I should say, why our country is full of churches yeah, you can say whatever you want. that are um, preaching a gospel in such a way that invites people to come as they are in their sin, uh, their sexual sin, their uh, gossip, their, um, you know, uh, uh, yeah, just bad, bad theology to mm -hmm. come experience God in the way they want to experience God and leave unchanged. Yeah. And I think that is the dangerous part is like people will need to know that our church doors, you know, Amelia Baptist, um, the churches in our community, they're open for sinners to come. We want people who are struggling morally to come. We want people who are struggling with guilt and depression. Come. I want everyone we want to come. people want who are to struggling Even if you disagree, come. with addiction yeah. to come. Yep. But you must know when you come, the gospel is going to affect you in one way. Either you're going to be hardened to the gospel yep. or you're going to be softened by the gospel. Yep. You're not going to stay the same when you come to a Bible-believing church. Right. Um, you can't stay the same the spirit of god won't allow you to stay the same the word yeah. of god won't allow you to stay the same yeah. people of god won't allow you to stay the same and so That's the good. the what we're seeing in our culture is a church um when i say church i mean the general church in america that tends to say come as you are and stay as you are mm -hmm. yep and and you're saying that almost like to christ like thank you for accepting me now mm -hmm. don't sanctify me Mm -hmm. And somewhere down the line, we, we started thinking that the sanctification process was one that doesn't hurt, doesn't mm -hmm. cost, doesn't require sacrifice, 
And man, I think a lot of this can be tied into the American dream of comfort and convenience. Yeah. The, the idol worship that's so in us and beyond us, we can't even recognize that we're worshiping idols anymore. Right. Um, and, and again, we have to be careful that a very popular message like come as you are, stay as you are, with the implication mm-hmm. to stay as you are, uh, directly contradicts scripture, which clearly says that these things from our past lives should be left behind. And that even mm-hmm. it says even former friends mm-hmm. will think us strange for doing so. And either we leave them or they leave us. Like it's not everything's yeah. cloaked in just the great commission. First Peter four, three through four, just that proverbial counsel. And then Romans thirteen thirteen commands us to walk honestly or decently, mm-hmm. no longer participating in the evil lifestyle of the world. I mean, mm-hmm. these are heavy words for people who are fearful of any change or any recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of even that is hubris, like other people can't call you out, but you are the only one that can call yourself out. Well, right. no offense, but we're going to have a harder time calling ourselves out than someone we trust mm-hmm. and love calling us out for something. In fact, we may not even see what needs to be called out. This is part of the reason, mm-hmm. like you said, what I love what you said, the people of God's word and and the people of the church aren't going to let you stay in, mm-hmm. in, in that previous state. And I think that's a huge reason why you should be in church. You should be in a small group. You should be in a Sunday school class or however you do it of people mm-hmm. who know you more than just worship service level. So this is all, all reflecting a God who is amazing, gracious, loving, and forgiving. And he calls us to salvation, even though we don't deserve it. Right. Mm-hmm. One of the best verses in all of the Bible is Romans five, eight, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, making it possible for us to receive forgiveness. So again, he requires us to confess and recognize sin in our lives mm-hmm. because why would we need a savior if we can't recognize the sin? So as beautiful as come as you are, is it's not come as you are stay as you are it's come as you are and be changed by the only one yeah. who can and i think that's the message missing did you um yeah. did you read or did you watch any of the uh passion 2024 messages dude no i've been so yeah <laughs> i've been so slammed the last two weeks getting ready for this new semester here in training, so i so. so for those of you who don't know passion conference by the way i'm gonna do a little little warning i'm not blasting it i have no i have no this is not what this is um, I could probably have a little bit more fun and just making some making some light jokes that that were maybe said online, um, but that's not what the, the podcast is supposed to do. Um, but I had just a question about it, and one that pertains to the leaving out of calling out sin and repentance that can happen in these sort of glorified TED talks that aren't really sermons, but but the Passion Conference is this huge conference takes place in Atlanta. Every year, Louis Giglio is always, I think it's like it was his bag originally. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how long it goes. It goes back a ways. And it now draws like 60,000 young adults, 18 to 25, 18 to 30, from all over the world, not just the, the country, but all over the world. And they pack this place out and they sell. We even had a few of our kids go to it. It wasn't church sponsored or anything, but they, a few of the kids that we trust, uh, some 18, 19 year olds went and they came back and said they enjoyed it. And gave me some of their takes on some of the lessons. We have them, we have several of them rather trained to point the moralistic therapeutic deism stuff out or the lighthearted sounds like the Bible stuff out. But my big question to that, and one thing that pertains to our you know first topic is you have 60,000 young adults. Why not put some speakers in there with some theological depth? I mean, I, I get that you got to sell tickets and make money, but the people who are in there speaking you know, I've, I've read over a few of these speeches or lessons or whatever. Some were sermons, not really, just kind of messages. And the repentance isn't missing in all of them. But instead of like 
Steve Lawson or Vodie Bauckham or Martha Peace, these people that could bring down houses. Like I know they've had John Piper in the past there and stuff. And, but you know, you have Christine Kane and, you know, Pecluda and uh, Sadie Robertson Huff, like, like the girl from Duck Dynasty, you know. Mm. And I know a lot of girls that like her, um, find her podcast interesting, great power to her. I have no animosity towards any of these people. But when I listen to their stuff, it's just very superficial, kind of just topical and light. It's so light. Mm. And I just, why would you not want to capitalize on 60,000? people willingly paying to come be a part of the conference and then just make sure they get a good dose of both belief and repentance and a deeper, richer understanding of the, of the gospel text. So it is, it is just rather weird as we see in the younger generations, almost like an affliction against going there, taking it there. And I'll say, I don't see that on a personal level. I don't see that on small group level. Um, especially in our own county where they are begging for a deeper understanding of the word. And that's the thing that really bums me out the most. I feel like that age group is representative of uh, a generation that wants deeper and deeper conversation into the word because they've been to college and they know what they're up against mm-hmm. apologetically and conversationally. And they know that there's going to be a first semester philosophy professor that, you know, tells them they don't believe in God. You believe in God, convince me. And they don't have answers for any of this stuff because youth group's been a pizza party for four years. And so, and what happens? They get to a conference and Sadie Huff just is like, bless y'all, good, love y'all. Bible's good, y'all. You know, I just don't understand like the, 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 I don't know. I don't understand the allergy to good gospel preaching that would require them to pay attention to something of depth for longer than 30, 35 minutes. And I'm not, I'm not downing or dissing anyone specifically. It's just, there's a time for that power to your podcast, power to your women's conferences. But when you have 60,000 students around, like hit them with this idea of belief and repentance, come as you are, but you're not going to stay as you are. You're going to be radically changed. And that means you're a dirty, rotten sinner in need of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And sometimes to move the mountains, we need to be told what sinners we are in light of who, who Jesus is and how lovely and wonderful he is. Otherwise, what we're really preaching is a gospel about ourselves. Will you accept Jesus as if Jesus is up there being judged uh, by us, ready to be accepted by us? No, we need to fall on our faces because he is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and he's perfect and holy and just yeah. in all of his ways. And we hate God in our trespasses and sins. Where is that message and how can it affect the younger generations? Yeah. And I can't comment on that conference because like, like I said, I had, I didn't watch any of it. So I don't want to, I don't want to throw my thoughts or, or ideas in having not heard, heard the speakers there. But mm-hmm. I do agree that there are young people that are, are hungry and seeking uh, direction. Um, you know, something I'm passionate about is why I'm here in Texas working with, with young guys um, straight out of high school, um, that in between high school, college age, um, and so many guys come just uh, having never wrestled with their faith, never having to mm-hmm. to uh, say, why do I believe what I believe um, about Jesus? And, and uh, you know, uh, being able to be discipled and defend their faith and, and uh, be apologetically sound. Um, yeah. This is the reason Summit Ministries every year, you know, in the summer just sells out every single of their classes is because mm-hmm. kids want that kids are yeah. looking for that because they, they have those questions. And when they come up against a professor or somebody that they respect, that is just 
out to tear down everything they've heard is true, um, you know, they're, they're looking for answers and, um, you know, the Bible and, um, the church, uh, of, of Jesus Christ has those answers. And why would we not share those answers? Right. Or just um, with this challenge, challenge them Mm -hmm. a concert like that, a conference or concert rather, doesn't have to be all about that kind of, it's almost like they can do a message that's ultimately pretty safe, but make it sound like they're challenging you. That's what Mm -hmm. I've come to come to grips with, but where's the actual challenge? And I'll say this, I want to make sure they hear this part. I'm not saying that everything has to be seminary class level conversation. Sometimes there's a place to give a very basic message and maybe that's what they're aiming for. I'd love to see more repentance. I'd love to see more turn away. I wouldn't like to see Christine Kane in there. I'm not a fan of her and who she's associated with and the past things she said. I think she gets very selfism and mm-hmm. cloaked in Christianity and a lot of her preaching. Um, but, but again, I have no animosity towards any speaker per se. But but the idea of, of a repentance list, fall down on your face, you're a sinner, not just about an encouraging TED talk mm-hmm. would be nice to see because only one of those things is really going to move people to confession. And you don't need deepness, uh, depth, deepness. You don't need deepness, uh, the depth all the time. You, you don't like, like we, we were talking earlier about the, um, the thief on the cross. Yeah. And when you have this juxtaposition of the two uh, murder and the thief on the cross and you have uh, Jesus in the middle. Um, people go, see, this is all you need is belief. Well, it says even the demons believe. And then you have Matthew six where people believe Jesus was Jesus, but their actions showed an insincere faith that there was an outside profession of recognition of who God is because passion was heavy in the apologetics, heavy in the word of God, which I I did like, but Mm -hmm. that belief was still missing something. If even the demons can believe and their life isn't seriously altered. So does the thief on the cross represent any kind of repentance? Yes. If you look, if you read the text, the one, uh, the murderer on the other side says, if you're the son of God, if you're God, then get us out of this mess, call us down, send your angels. And this man on the thief on the cross who sees Jesus in paradise shortly after his crucifixion, his death is saying, you don't understand, you know, he is perfect. He is sinless. We deserve deserve there. I think it's exactly says that's what's missing where people walking away from passion going, or any conference, I don't have to pick on just passion, but any, any church, any, any big mega church, any small church that's trying to become a mega church or uh, any church that's lost their way, any independent fundamental churches that are all about patriotism now and sinking into idolatry, any churches at all that have forgotten that the path to the cross is belief and repentance delivered in truth and love. And if we get off that, we've gotten off the great commission. We've gotten off the point of the church, but that because that thief believed and repented, said, I, I know I'm a sinner. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's why Jesus turns to him and go today, you'll be with me in paradise. And so mm-hmm. that's what I, I want to see a bunch of young adults and a bunch of old adults and a bunch of everybody in between in paradise, in heaven together. And for that to happen, we don't need to leave out any elements of the gospel. And we certainly don't need to be making phrases work for us uh, without remembering the other half of those phrases and in turn, the other half of the gospel. And so let us be a people of repentance and confession and let that show a sincere belief that Jesus is everything that we've needed and will need. And so I hope that that has, has, has rang true in your lives. I hope if you have any questions or anything about that, you would let us know and we will develop that topic over the next year in different ways, manners, shapes, and forms, but got a few great guests coming on soon. Um, and got this really cool. If you're watching on YouTube, I got this really cool uh, dry bar comedy hat. 
from dry bar comedy when they found out about the uh probably the percentage growth on spotify <laughs> let me good i'm gonna make fun of them now they sent me a free hat it's really smart i don't i'm not good at sponsors. why don't you just fly out there and, and stand up and dry bar comedy this and make sponsor. jokes about it this yeah. is the sponsor i want <laughs> right that and we mm, we still buckies. need to get the gettys to let us use their song at the beginning of our <laughs> we do the no gettys have a great song called bear Wit- if, we bear witness if any of y'all are it. yes if any of y'all are friends with the gettys <laughs> hit us up because we're really wanting to use that song and not get blocked doing our yes, because it, at man. the same <laughs> conference i can guarantee you belief and repentance will both be <laughs> both be brought to our attention yeah so yeah i'm very thankful to dry bar comedy and their support and uh so check them out but also i just want to thank you guys for your support and you telling people about the podcast um we did this and still do this for our local church body our local church family and our community Uh, but just to know meet you and know plenty of you from all over the country all over the world has just been really cool and uh, i'm glad that you guys are enjoying the foolishness that we bring to the table uh that is justified only by the perfect word of god yes and uh and the blessing of knowing christ Thank you guys for joining us, the We Bear Witness podcast. Uh, we are available wherever podcasts are streaming. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel under We Bear Witness. Thank you, Victor. Thank you, Clay. Thank you, Dylan. Thank you, everyone. We hope you have a wonderful day. And until next time, thanks for listening. Clayman Media.